Welcome to Kadampa Podcasts. These podcasts offer practical solutions to daily challenges and help guide us to a happier and more peaceful state of mind. In each episode, you will find an extract from a teaching given by one of various Kadampa Buddhist teachers worldwide. All these teachings are inspired by the profound wisdom of Venerable Geshe Kelsang Gyatso Rinpoche, a Buddhist master for our time. We hope you will enjoy listening. Through the practice of meditation, as taught in this book, Transform Your Life, uh, How to Transform Your Life, which, as I mentioned last week, you, you can download for free on, on the internet if you wish. Uh, it's Geshe Kelsang's gift to, to people, but if you get the hard copy, then you'll have to purchase it. But um, in the back, there's a section called What is Meditation, uh, in which he introduces a very basic foundational meditation practice. There are many, many meditation practices, but very basic foundational meditation practice on the breath, just focusing on the breath, the inhalation, the exhalation, the feeling of the air entering and exiting. And the idea is you just focus on that. Your mind wanders, you bring it back. You hang out there with the breath for a while, your mind wanders, you bring it back again. Gradually, you'll be able to stay with the breath for maybe two, three, four, five rounds. And uh, probably to begin with, not more than that. You know, eventually you'll be able to stay with it for one minute, two minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. But you have to train because at the moment we've been training and being distracted in our society. So we need to cultivate a new mindfulness, right? A new con- form of concentration. But even when you just are able to stay with it a little bit, something remarkable happens, which is that your mind becomes a little bit more peaceful, why, this is what we addressed last week, why? Because you're no longer following your ordinary way of thinking. You're no longer following one thought after another. Most of our thoughts are somewhat agitated and functioning to agitate us further. Does that sound about right? Like mostly we're thinking about stuff we need to do. So there's a little bit of like, oh no, I haven't done that yet. Or stuff that we've done. Oh, I probably screwed that up like that. You know, our mind is just like constantly worrying about stuff, regretting certain things, wanting certain things. It's always on the go. When you allow your mind to focus on the breath then just naturally it begins to settle. And when it settles, and experience of peace arises. When you begin to feel a little bit peaceful, you can f- shift your focus in the meditation and just focus on the peace itself. We're going to do all this again in a little moment, but you just focus on the peace itself. What an amazing thing to do. Just sit and feel peaceful. And eventually not to be distracted by that. Because again, your mind will want to wander because that's what it's used to doing. But you just keep bringing it back. So eventually you can just sit and be peaceful, have that feeling of peace. And with it, we discover a feeling of happiness filling our mind. So that's the, the, the training. Now, as I emphasized I think I emphasized (laughs) last week, 
the main, the, 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 well, let's put it this way. The experience of peace, even though that's the thing you're focusing on, isn't really the, the main thing you want to take away. Because the thing is, you can go in and feel peaceful, and then you can rise from the meditation and forget about feeling peaceful, which is what normally happens. We want to make sure that we extract wisdom from the meditation. Not just the temporary experience of peace or happiness, but wisdom and insight that can carry on informing us, benefiting us throughout the rest of the day. And at this point in time, there are, there are many wisdoms one can extract, but there are two main pieces of wisdom to begin with that are crucial. The first one is simply the recognition that the, ha- the peace, the happiness is arising naturally. So I emphasize this quote in, in that section, what is meditation at the back of the book in the appendix. Uh, I'll give it to you again. Uh, When the turbulence of distracting thoughts subsides and our mind becomes still, a deep happiness and contentment naturally arises from within. A deep happiness and contentment naturally arises from within. So the happiness, the peace... And maybe to begin with, it won't feel that deep, but gradually it will. As you get better and better, you can hang out there. A deep happiness and contentment naturally arises from within. And to me, that word naturally is so revolutionary. It's revolutionary because we don't think of happiness arising naturally. We think of happiness being got You know, we have to go out there and get a hold of something. We have to have an experience. We need need some stimulation, watching something, listening to something, smelling something, tasting something, touching something, injecting something, some kind of stimuli into our, you know, awareness, into our physical experience, mental experience that makes us happy. And we'll say things like, you make me happy. Or, or, you know, eating makes me happy. Listening to music makes me happy. Dancing makes me happy. But the point is, if your happiness depends upon external stimulation, it will at best be a temporary high. Because nobody can dance forever. <laughs> nobody can, can watch movies forever. I know we are, we are trying. We're really trying in our society that to be able to watch stuff from now on till death. But... It won't make you happy. It cannot make you happy in the long run because if it's based on a stimulation, when the stimulation ceases, the happiness ceases. And also because, well, we all know, you know, like we'll say, oh, you make me so happy. I love being with you. When I'm with you, you make me so happy. But okay, then be with that person all the time. And then at a certain point, it's like, you know what? Uh, I think we need a little space. And that's true of everything. Oh, eating makes me so happy. Well, carry on eating. We've tried that. At some point, it's going to make you not just unhappy, it's going to make you sick. Everything. I love going for a run. Well, keep running. 
at some point it's like, you know what? I think I need to stop running now. <laughs> None of those things will give us the lasting permanent happiness we're longing for. Why? Because we're looking in the wrong place. We're looking for happiness outside rather than recognize we have our own natural source of peace and happiness right here in our mind, always available to us. All we need to do is allow the mind, allow it to settle, to become peaceful. And then we discover this incredible, incredible eventually state of happiness within. Because when you start focusing on that, it's going to get bigger and bigger. Anyway, that's wisdom number two. So wisdom number one is I have my own natural source of peace and happiness. And if you, if you develop familiarity with that, that's going to give you a great sense of confidence. You're, you're going to become less, uh, less graspy as a person, less clingy, you know, less needy, less anxious, thinking it's got to be out there. I got to get a hold of this. I got to do this. I got to do that. You're going to become so much more chill, basically, because, you know, you got it right here. And it's not that you won't do stuff. You'll still do stuff, but you won't grasp at it. Oh, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to be miserable. It's like, oh, if it doesn't work out, no problem. I've got my own source of happiness. If it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, great. Instead of seeking happiness, you bring your happiness to every situation. Revolutionary. You'll become very relaxed. Second point. That's wisdom number one. Or, wisdom number one, like, from one point of view, like enough. But that's just starters. And by the way, remember, this is scientific. This you can prove for your, to yourself. This, that was Buddha's hypothesis based on his observation, his experimentation. Then he kind of wrote his hypothesis. <laughs> Joyful path of good fortune. I mean, this is Geshe Kelsang's version of Buddha's teachings, you know modern day presentation but that's what it is it's like a, a series of hypotheses about what you can do with the mind based on observation and experimentation and verified by countless mind scientists meditators over all these generations but we need to verify it for ourselves in this generation otherwise it's just intellectual so we need to become our own scientists. We need to do our own observation of the mind and experimentation. Is it true that if I focus on the breathing, stop focusing on all my blah, blah, blah thoughts, that my mind will become peaceful and still? So we try it out. Maybe the first time doesn't quite work because we're not able to keep our mind peaceful and still, but eventually we'll, we'll verify it in our own experience. This is true. And we'll verify that if we hang out with that experience of peace, it will grow. It will fill our mind. In fact, whatever you focus on fills your mind. If you focus on the sound of a mosquito in your bedroom, it fills your mind, doesn't it? Like initially you just like hear it in the distance and then you, 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 you know that experience? You just like hone in on it until it sounds like a spitfire bomber, you know, like coming down like, you just like, just, and you're like, I can't sleep. 
There's like traffic below, but that doesn't bother you. It's the sound of the mosquito filling your mind. So in this case, <laughs> this case you focus on the inner peace or you focus on the happiness and you let that fill your mind. And you go from being pretty peaceful to being really peaceful or pretty happy to being joyful. Fills your consciousness. And what do we learn from that? We learn that our present experience of peace and happiness, remember arising naturally, is our potential for even greater peace and happiness. So in other words, you can increase your happiness, you can increase your joy, increase your peace. How much, you can, how much can you increase it? Like how, how happy can you get before they cart you off? You know, how happy can, can you get before you, you've, you're like maxed out? I've reached my limit, my happiness limit. Well, so Geshe Kelsing says we can attain lasting happiness. Actually, he goes further. He says permanent happiness. Because happiness is natural. And because, well, because your mind has no limit. There's no reason why you can't become so familiar with your natural happiness that it has just simply become your ongoing state of being. Instead of your ongoing state of being being separate from your happiness, seeking happiness, which is how most of us are, occasionally finding, occasionally failing to find, instead of being separate from our happiness, your state of being will be peace and happiness your state of being. You won't need anything. You know, sometimes, you know, when I was thinking because about this aspect of grief, as people were saying, and, and if there is some grief for me around Geshe Kaosang, it's more that I, I know, I, f I feel sad a bit that so many people won't get to meet him now and have that experience of meeting someone whose state of being is the nature of happiness. Like at no point in my relationship with him over these many years, have I ever seen him like not be happy, get something, and now be happy? Like the rest of us, if you know what I mean. Like, ooh, something to drink. Now I'm happy. And it's not, sometimes we hear that, like literally he was, he's just very, very happy. It's just, not in a kind of, hey, I'm so happy way. It's just like, kind of radiating out of him, just this deep sense of deep happiness and contentment 
kind of a bliss exuding from him. And it wasn't conditioned upon, ooh, let me eat that cheesecake or anything like that, you know, just, just there. And that doesn't mean that he wasn't enjoying a cup of tea, you know, still enjoying it, but he's enjoying it inside the experience of happiness, enjoying a walk, enjoying being with his dogs, <laughs> enjoying but inside the experience of an ongoing state of happiness. For us, that's almost unfathomable to us to begin with. In fact, some people, when they hear that, they think that might be boring. Like I've heard people say that to me. They're like, oh, I don't know. If you're happy all the time, it would be boring. That's how addicted we are to drama. <laughs> <laughs> but it would precisely not be boring. Why? Because when you're happy all the time, you're always present. Inevitably, you're fully present. In every moment, you're fully present. And you're fully present to the beauty, the bliss, the, the, the possibility that exists in every moment. Where most of our time, if you check your mind, and you know, this is one of the things we kind of learn when we practice meditation, most of the time you and I are not present. Most of the time we're thinking about something that happened in the past or we're worrying or anticipating something that might happen in the future. Would you agree with that? Like we walk down the street you can watch this like when, with other people as well. You walk down the street and mostly people are only just somewhat present, just enough so that they don't get run over. And these days, now that we've added phones into the mix, not even that. You know, the amount of people who just walk across the street like this is mind-blowing. Anyway, always like that, thinking ahead, thinking behind, thinking ahead, thinking behind. And then we have like a close call, like with a car or something like that. And for a brief moment, we're like, oh, fully alive, fully present. And then back we go. I mean, I think that's one reason why people do things like have, they, they feel like they have to jump out of airplanes or high dive or, you know, swim with the sharks or something like that because, or, you know, mountain climb and things like that without ropes. And because for that brief moment, I'm alive. And they say things like that, don't they? I feel fully alive because I know that if my mind was to wander a millisecond, I will die. I mean, to me, that's just a sign of how incredibly not present we normally are. Why don't we just try being present? If you want to feel fully alive, just be fully present. Anyway, so again, that's part of the determination. I really need to take this to heart <laughs> so that we can share this experience that Venerable Geshe gave to us with others because that was always his, that's all that ever motivated him was to bring peace and happiness to as many living beings throughout the world. One very, very thin, tiny man he used to, he would, he would speak so softly that if he wasn't miked, you wouldn't be able to hear him 
in the front row. So he was always mic'd. <laughs> but his heart was such that he wanted, you know, to reach people everywhere on all continents, which is why we now have centers on all continents. Okay, so point number one from this brief meditation is we have our own natural source of peace and happiness. Point number two, our present peace is our potential for an even greater peace, a vaster peace and happiness, eventually an ongoing, continuous state of peace and happiness, joy, bliss. If you feel inspired by this podcast, then dive deeper into the timeless wisdom of modern Kadampa Buddhism by following the link in the episode description. We look forward to reconnecting with you in the next episode of Kadampa Podcasts. <laughs>